1: talking Cardinals baseball today, this Wednesday, the 17th of January with Jennifer Langosh, our Cardinals reporter for MLB.com. Jen, we thank you as always for the time, and uh, today we'll touch on a few different topics uh, as we so normally do. Randall Gritchick uh, appears to be the fourth outfielder in the three-man outfield, uh, kind of the the odd man out right now. We'll talk about... uh, his reaction to that is, of course, you know, the trade of uh, acquiring Marcelo Zuna has uh, shifted some dominoes, and unfortunately, uh, Gritchick might be seeing more time on the bench than uh, in the great green grass. We'll talk about the uh, closer situation, which is a weekly staple of the, <laughs> the Cardinals podcast. We'll talk about what that situation is right now. want to start off, though, by uh, touching on uh, MLBpipeline.com's recent rankings and of the right-handed pitching prospects in the game. We see a Redbird at number seven and that is none other than uh, Alex Reyes. We've seen in a very small sample size what he can do at the big league level, how good he can be. Of course, he lost all of 2017 due to Tommy John surgery. So, Jen, give us an update on uh, Mr. Reyes in terms of his recovery, his timetable, and when we can expect to see him back and fully healthy and lighting up the radar gun.
0: Yeah, the good news, Matt, is that, you know, to this point, knock on wood, Alex Reyes has not incurred any sort of setback in his recovery. So he's actually headed down to Florida this week, expected to start throwing off the mound this week. Hopes if that goes well, he can face hitters as early as next week, which will be a great test for him, of course, because that's going to kind of give him that idea of how hitters are seeing and reacting to his pitches for the first time since he underwent that procedure last February. Now, he'll be ready for the start of spring training. That being said, the Cardinals plan on taking things slow with him. They don't want to rush him. This is a 23-year-old pitcher who, um, you know, obviously is a a guy the Cardinals believe is a frontline starter in the future. They want to ease him back in. So I would expect we're going to see, you know, minimal work in in spring games. And then the Cardinals have set kind of a soft target date for Alex of May 1st in, in terms of when they expect him to potentially return back on the major league roster. And then the question becomes, in what role does he fit? Now, of course, for the long term, Alex Reyes is being developed as a starter, and we all expect him to pitch in this Cardinals rotation for many years. But the expectation is that you know if the Cardinals rotation is doing okay through that first month of the season, we'll probably see Alex come back first in a relief role. Number one, that gives the Cardinals flexibility to really manage his workload and his innings count this year. And number two is going to help them kind of fill potentially a late-inning hole there um, from their bullpen. I mean, when you have a guy like Alex Reyes who can come out of the bullpen throwing 100, 101 miles an hour, that's a weapon that the Cardinals believe they can use. So, again, if things continue to progress very well, looks like he'll probably only miss a month of the 2018 season. And I know... Cardinals and a lot of fans in St. Louis are looking forward to seeing this kid back on the mound.
1: Yeah, to, to say the least, I remember the excitement was uh, through the roof uh, when we saw his debut at the tail end of 2016. Then the devastation when it was learned he was going to miss all of 2017 due to Tommy John's surgery. And even though you never want to see any player under any circumstance endure what he endured, If there's a silver lining, you know, he went through this at age 22, nowhere near his prime, nowhere near his peak. He gets it out of the way, so to speak, assuming this is just a one-and-done deal. Let's hope that's the case. And then he can progress normally as uh, the Cardinals hope he will to becoming an elite pitcher in the game. Now, that said, Jennifer, I, I know that, you know, again, we saw what he can do uh, at the end of the 2016 season. And as, as biased as we're going to sound, uh, you know, you covering the Cardinals and this being a Cardinals podcast, is is number seven a bit low? Could you argue it's it's a bit low for a guy that, again, was just so lights out when he made that debut? And I know there's the caveat here of, you know, he's still recovering from Tommy John surgery, but at full health, at at full productivity, could you argue number seven, you know, for right-handed pitching prospects is a bit low.
0: Yeah, I think you can. And, you know, let's look back at these rankings last year. He was the number one right-handed pitching prospect in baseball. Now I know there's some new names um, and faces on this list. You know, Otani, of course, topping this list this year, but yeah, I mean, I think you see Alex Reyes drop mostly because there is a little bit of uncertainty coming back from the surgery. It's interesting. You know, Tommy John surgery has become so commonplace in the game that I think, all of us just expect these pitchers to get through it, do their 12 to 14 months of rehab, and pick up where they left off. It doesn't always work that way. Now the Cardinals again are very confident that Alex is on a good track um, to, to get back to full health and get back there very quickly. But um, there, you know, there's a little bit I think of uncertainty as to how things will go here in that first year back from the procedure. So certainly, I mean, his ceiling is much higher. I think maybe that prospect rankings list um, indicates. But that being said, he also still feels like he has a lot to prove.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I have no problem with Otani being ranked number one, but I I still look at that and say the guy hasn't thrown a single pitch in this country. (laughs) You know, I I don't know. I I kind of – I wasn't quite sure about that one, but, you know, Reyes uh, has. He has a – a sample size, small as it may be. So I think the ranking should be a little bit higher. Maybe he uses that as a chip on his shoulder as motivation uh, to get back to the top of that list and, and prove to everybody the kind of pitcher that he could and even should become. Jen, transitioning now to uh, what I touched on at the top of the podcast, uh, Randall Gritchik. He had, some, uh, he had a, a conversation with him about how it appears, at least right now, that he's going to be the odd man out in that starting outfield uh, for the Cardinals in 2018. Of course, there were some wheelings and dealings. Steven Piscotti sent to the A's. Magnera Sierra also dealt to the A's. So, you, you know, some dominoes. Uh, you know, Cayman Wentz, uh, Marcelo Zuna obviously is going to be manning left field. So, Gritchick, you know, it's tough for, for any professional athlete with pride and and they want to be out there starting they don't want to be riding the bench but it appears for now that's going to be the role that Gritchick settles into uh give me some of your takeaways from your discussion with him about this role that he's going to be begrudgingly accepting
0: yeah I mean he, he's certainly frustrated by the way things have turned out but I mean in in fairness to the Cardinals you know Randall Gritchick the last couple of years has had ample opportunity to, to prove himself ready for an everyday role It's Every time he's been given that opportunity, we've seen the inconsistency issues crop up. Uh, You know, we we see the power potential, but then you see the strikeouts and the slumps. For the Cardinals to get better, they knew they had to add an impact bat. And unfortunately for Randall Gritchick, that impact bat happens to be an outfielder. And, you know, so you look across the outfield one that we expect to be Tommy Pham, Dexter Fowler, Marcelo Zuna, I don't think anybody would argue um, that 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 should look otherwise. Now for Randall, I think what's a little bit surprising, and if you would ask him or if you would ask me at the very beginning of the offseason I think a lot of us expected Randall to be one of the outfielders the Cardinals dealt away we knew they were going to try to declutter a little bit of, of that part of the roster that being said as you noted he watched his teammate Stephen Bascotti be dealt away he watched Magneris Sierra be dealt away and all of a sudden he now finds himself in a fourth outfielder spot which is an unfamiliar place for him so there's frustration there. You know, I think, though, he can look at a guy like Tommy Pham, for instance, last year, who um, not only wasn't a starting outfielder for this team when the season opened, but wasn't even on the Major League roster. He performed, he got his opportunities, and he took off with it. And for Randall Grichik, it's probably going to have to be that sort of path as well, that when he gets the opportunities, if he performs, perhaps then he can push himself into a place where he gets more playing time. For the Cardinals, of course, you know, they see Randall Grichik as a very valuable asset. So he's not making that much money. He'll make two and a half million dollars this year. So relative um, to salaries elsewhere, it's very affordable and he plays all three outfield positions. So, to feel like they're covered left, right, and center with Randall Gritchick, the power he brings off the bench, it makes a lot of sense if you're looking at this through the organization's eyes that they would like to keep this guy with them.
1: You know, we saw that experiment not that long ago with uh, Colton Wong, an infielder by trade, but he really struggled with the bat. He got shifted to the the outfield uh, for, for a little while. Does Gritchick have that positional versatility where he could – maybe come into the infield to do something or or is he strictly by trade an outfielder and, you know, and that's it.
0: He joked the other day that he does have an infielder's glove in his collection. (laughs) So, um, but he hasn't played the infield really since, since well before he was a professional player, you know, if he was going to make a transition anywhere, first base would would probably make the most sense. Um, You know, that being said, you you do have some positional flexibility with Matt Carpenter, but you have Jed Jerko and Jose Martinez in the mix. So, I'm not sure that there's going to be a great opportunity there. And again, for Randall, the, the issue continues to be the bats and the consistency with it. So, uh, you know, if he gets to a point where maybe he takes off offensively, then the Cardinals perhaps consider ways in which they can force him back into the lineup. But until he shows that he can be a consistent performer deserving of everyday playing time, you know, I think right now he's just going to make spot starts here and there. Again, the good news for him is he can play all three outfield spots. So um, the Cardinals will have an opportunity as they rest these other starting outsiders to get Randall Grichuk involved and. Gonna be up to him to
1: take advantage of those chances, yeah. I mean, disappointing, uh, on a personal level for Randall himself, but for the Cardinals' perspective, to have a guy like that, you know, even with the inconsistencies, to have him as that security blanket as a fourth outfielder, that is certainly a good position for the team to be in. Uh, Jen, like I said, it would not be a Cardinals podcast if we didn't touch on the, the closer situation as we so often do. Uh, as you recently wrote, you know, nobody has been designated as the guy. You know, heading into 2018, but I think that most people are in agreement that at least right now, it's Luke Gregerson's job to lose, you know, uh, acquired in the offseason uh, from the world champion Astros. Would you agree with that? That, you know, if he doesn't completely implode during spring training, that this is probably going to be the guy that does uh, inherit that role heading into a new season?
0: Yeah, it certainly sounds like he's going to get the first opportunity there. You know, I think one of the interesting things to come out of this weekend's winter warm-up with the Cardinals was that the Cardinals do seem to be done in terms of adding to their bullpen. Now, circumstances can change that. Asking prices can drop, and perhaps the Cardinals' pounce. But, you know, as of right now, Luke Gregerson being their one-off season addition to the bullpen, he does have the closing experience, having done it for a full season there in Houston. Now, I think the big question, however, is he is coming off A season that was really in which he underachieved and was that the Luke Gregerson the Cardinals can expect or is he going to have a bounce back year this year that's still to be determined so he'll get the first crack and then from there the Cardinals you know really believe that they might give some opportunities to some of their own guys and by that uh, we talked earlier about Alex Reyes if he does come back in May and the Cardinals are having some late inning issues it sounds like they'd be willing to even entertain the possibility of Alex Reyes coming back as a closer again, as he works his way back into a bigger workload. So um, the Cardinals going to go with what they have. If the competition arises in spring training, that might be it. I think the one thing that did become clear over the weekend is that they really don't have interest in pursuing a free agent closer like Greg Holland. Um, So I don't think that that is going to be in the mix here in the next couple weeks. So, They are hopeful that Luke Gregerson rebounds. It's a little bit of a risky move for a team whose bullpen struggled to close out games last year, but uh, with a lot of young and -and up-and-coming talent, the Cardinals do believe they're covered if Gregerson can't hold down that job.
1: Yeah, interesting. uh, For so many weeks uh, before the turn of the new year, they were kind of linked to Alex Colomay and, and, uh, you know, uh, pursuing that aspect of it but uh, that seems to have died down and at least you know they're going to hitch their wagons to Gregerson and potentially Reyes if, should the situation arise and uh, we'll see what happens during spring training and Jen to wrap up here uh, Yadi Molina saying that after his contract expires after the 2020 season that's it he's done uh, he'll be pushing 40 years old at that point and Was this, I mean, anytime it's something involving Yadi Molina, it's going to be newsworthy because of who he is, but was this met with, you know, shock or surprise, or was it more of a a matter-of-fact statement that, well, you know, of course you would retire after your contract is up because of the position he plays and all the, the wear and tear in his tires? What was the general reaction to his announcement?
0: Yeah, it didn't come as a great surprise, except for the fact that Yachty was maybe so definitive in what he said, and and that's really been the first time that he has said um, very specifically three more years, and I'm done. Now, when he signed his contract extension in April of last year, I think all of us expected that this would take him through the end of his career. You know, he talked at times about being a lifetime Cardinal, and you know the Cardinals do. We talk about prospects. They have a great catching prospect in Carson Kelly who is waiting behind Yachty, and the Cardinals don't want to waste all of Carson's prime years either. But, uh, you know, a little bit, inter- again, interesting, I think that Yachty really did put a timetable to it. It, it. it speaks to the sense of urgency here with this organization. You think about three more years of Yachty, only one more guaranteed year of Adam Wainwright, only two guaranteed years of Marcelo Zuna before he's a free agent. So, Potentially a lot of changes coming here in the coming year. So this is a group going into 2018 that I know has some high expectations, wants to accomplish um, some big things in October while these, these players are still around. And you know, for Yachty, as he jokes before he, he ended his media session on Monday, he already has two World Series championships. He'd like to get
1: three more. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be quite a haul to have five uh, by the time he calls it a career. And, uh, hey, we'll we'll see what happens. Great stuff, as always, from Jennifer Langosh. Uh, we thank you, Jen, as always, for the time. And we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, St. Louis Cardinals.